back to another episode of the Rick and Danny Show. Danny, how you feeling today? Feeling great, Rick. We're uh, doing great at the new Beaches office. Have you been over there yet? I've not, but you do look more refreshed, vibrant. I don't know if it's a just related to the fact that you guys move. Are you trying to do lotion? What's going on? Uh, it's the move, and it's more sunlight coming into yes. that new office. Ah, the windows. Like a little bit closer to the ocean. A little vitamin D action. Nearer to the ocean, near Florida ceiling windows. Not quite, but almost there. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's going great. We've been open now for two and a half weeks, I think. Yep. Um, we're in Neptune Beach, right off of A1A, the west side of A1A. I think the address is 700 North 3rd Street. If I'm 703rd not. Street. 703rd Street. If you put in North, I think it sends you the wrong way. Is that right? No, I think it sends you the, it sends you the right way. Okay. It's technically, it's, it, that was the whole thing. Okay. It's but 703rd Street. Street. Third floor. <laughs> sound like you really got your stuff together. We do. We do. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, we are, Take your word for it. <laughs> Christ. We're honing it in here. Um, it's called the Atrium Building, and it says that on the front of the building, so... Forever. I plan on going to the open house. Open so house. That'll be my probably my. That's next week, Brenna. Can you give us next an update week, about we're that? We're rocking and rolling. It's gonna be great. Kay. I'm in charge. Don't worry. We got some RSVPs. We got a lot of docs coming. Don't look panicked. You looked a little panicked. Because <laughs> you here? said some RSVPs, well, I, and then we have a lot of well, docs we, coming. We have a lot of. Okay, let me clarify. <laughs> A bunch of our guys are coming. That's and good. That's the good. other ones, it's always slow coming in. On yeah, yeah, RSVPs. yeah. Don't so worry. people are coming who didn't RSVP, probably. Probably. Are you yes, basing this yes. off the event calendar? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well. But the open house is stop. going to be a great way for people to see the I new don't office. See a lot of green. I see some green. Here is my proud. Rick's always a little negative. My proud so that's mom right. picture oh, of yeah. Danny. Yeah. Day one in his oh, office. Oh, nice. Oh. I do, ar- I do arguably have the best office. Yeah. Al- Alicia, Dr. Sugarman gave it up to me because the office across from me is bigger, but it has less windows, and I took the one with more windows. Yeah, your office looks like the nicest I've ever seen. Oh, thank you, Rick. Yeah. Meanwhile, Not the radiation team is moving to an office with no windows at Fleming. So <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. Literally no windows. I'm going down, and you're going up. Okay. Well. No, you're not going down. You're, I'm moving you just down. need to request I'm windows. I'm moving down in the world. You're moving up in the world. Do the Medonks get windows? Where are you guys moving to? I don't know. Something about one of the scheduling rooms because they need more room. Brent, I just work here. I don't know. Me too. Me too, guy. I think you're important, Rick. More important than you give yourself credit for. I would I don't agree. feel important. Okay. This I'm isn't more than happy to feel less important. Well, this isn't supposed to be happen. a overtime about Rick's rants here. That's not going to happen. You're this stuck is not on a rant. marketing. This is how I talk in everyday life, Danny. You know me well enough. You're also stuck on all the other committees <laughs> that we have you on. How many committees are you in, Rick? Too many. Too many. Whatever like the... officially? Yeah. Like official committees, marketing. That's and, true. Oh. Well. I'm on way It's not that now. many. What do you want? Imaging, research, okay. marketing, finance. Um, gotta be missing Ooh. something. That's a lot of committees. Uh, unofficially? Unofficially? I don't apparel? know. Apparel? Apparel committee. <laughs> food committee. Food committee? There should not be an apparel committee. Uh, Foundation committee, a little bit. You're trying to add me to that one. Podcast uh, committee? Po- the podcast, yeah, which the is podcast a pretty is huge. big time commitment. Huge. So, yeah. I, huge. I'd say I'd like to pull my, pull my weight around here, I'd like to think. You work hard. You work hard. He does. Yes. Get some of our other partners. Give, give the guy up. some windows. Come on, man. But yeah, the beaches office is 
killing it. Doing great. Doing great. It's beautiful. Uh, it's really, I'm excited really nice. to see it. it. Sounds amazing. Decorated <clears throat> fabulously. The girls did a great job. <laughs> Who decorated it, it? I think just Char and Char. and the nurses. Is Char your office manager? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Really nice job. Really pretty. <clears throat> yeah, so the open house next week. Look great. We just need the sign outside. That's what we're yeah. waiting on. I heard you <laughs> Something to help signs, direct so people. Not very good. Huh? Huh? What? What? What did you say? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Over <laughs> we have flags outside. Flags? Yeah. Nice. I don't. I don't really want to get into the the sign part of my <laughs> and life. Is the moment. imaging still at Baptist or is it at the new center? Well, so TBD. Yeah. So it's set up to be at the new center, but not. It hasn't started yet. But so it will like soon. something with the parking lot they got. Yeah, they had to um, put down new concrete to make it sturdy enough to hold our got it. truck that'll, there. That'll be coming soon. Yeah, I think probably in the next few months, I would guess. Hopefully in the next month or two. And the pet truck's going to go there? The pet truck's coming. <coughs> There's whispers of maybe MRI coming out there. So yeah, we stay need, tuned. Hopefully get another MRI here soon. Mm-hmm. Would be nice. Yeah. So, But we'll definitely have PET scan, CT capability out there very That's soon. That's exciting. So cool. awesome. convenient that patients can get their imaging done right on, on site. Don't yep. have to go anywhere else. That's awesome. Um, yep. And then we're, I'm seeing patients full time there Monday through Friday. Dr. Sugarman's there Tuesday through Friday. And then Dr. Kadali's there full time, sort of, I think Thursday she goes to a different location, but uh, she's four days a week at least at the beach. So. Yep, we're excited to continue seeing our patients there, a great group of patients, and servicing the community there. Very good. Proud of you guys. Congratulations. That's awesome. Big time. You're big, big time, time now, Danny. Big, big, big window. Although a lot of big patients are confused. Big windows. <laughs> so what about three, no, probably like five buildings down from us, there's a brand new like all glass business oh, really? building of oh, some yeah. sort. I think they have some real estate offices, other business offices, and quite a few patients have gone there thinking that they'll find us. And yeah. we're not that building. We're the atrium building. It says atrium. It says atrium. There's flags. Um, we're going to have signs. But I agree with them. That building is very Is there nice. nothing that's going to be on A1A? That's obvious. So we, we're waiting. Yeah. We had to wait for permits. There's a sign on... There's a monument sign outside. Right in front. That's what, yeah, there's yeah. got to be something. Yeah. Right? Yes. And then on the building, we're going to have one or two logos. Two, two logos. It's 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 in production now. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I have signature. We're, we're, we're rolling here. Great. Yes. We're moving on. All right, I got one article here. Um, this is, an, is not an official Rick's Rant article. It is an article that we didn't get to talk about from our ASCO update. Um, I thought it was worthy of our mentioning because um, a lot of patients come to us talking about different cellular therapies for, these are mainly for uh, blood cancers like multiple myeloma, B-cell lymphomas, leukemias. So um, ASCO this year, they reported on a few different CAR T-cell trials. Uh, The one I'm talking about right now is one that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine after uh, was discussed at ASCO this year. And I think it was most noteworthy because it's a phase three trial and it's in patients with multiple myeloma uh, that's considered refractory to lenalidomide. Lenalidomide is one of the 
main treatments that we give for multiple myeloma. Most people get exposed to that drug uh, in the beginning of their treatment. And uh, I thought this trial was worth discussing because uh, more patients are being uh, seen at local centers for CAR T-cell therapy. Um, this particular CAR T-cell therapy uh, is called Siltacel is the short way of saying it. Sounds fancy. Um, and it's targeting BCMA. So CAR T-cell therapy is a way that you can engineer your own T-cells uh, in a laboratory setting to uh, be infused back into your body to fight your cancer, and in this case, multiple myeloma. So BCMA is a protein on myeloma cells. It's also on other B cells in your body, but mainly the goal is to target BCMA on myeloma cells and have your T cells attack the myeloma. Um, and what they reported here was phase three trial in patients who had progressed on lenalidomide and uh, they randomized people to receive uh, the BCMA CAR T cell therapy, the Silta cell, or physician's choice of effective standard of care. All, all patients needed at least one uh, prior line of therapy, including lenalidomide, um, up to three lines of therapy. And they had 419 patients and uh, progression-free survival. And, and again, that's, you know, something we'll talk about later, but progression-free survival at 12 months in the uh, CAR T-cell arm was 75.9% compared to 48.6% in the standard of care arm or the standard care arm, uh, which is physician's choice of multiple myeloma treatment. Um, overall response rate was very high at 84.6% and 73% of that 84% were complete responses. Uh, and 60% of those with complete response um, or 60% of patients had absence of minimal residual disease. And what that means is that they do either next generation sequencing or they do flow cytometry to look for basically one cancer cell in 100,000 or one out of a million cells. So it's really looking for that, um, that microscopic cancer cell that's floating around and they usually do a blood test or a bone marrow biopsy to confirm that. So anytime you have absence of minimal residual disease, meaning you're not detecting any minute cancer cell in the body, that usually means that you have longer term remissions. And so um, this trial is early, you know, in reporting because they really only had a median follow-up of 15 months, which isn't that long. Uh, but I mean, compared to standard of care therapy, you have patients staying in remission much longer. You have about three quarters of patients after a year of therapy who were not progressing compared to less, less than half were without progression in the other arm. So, um, I think I'm, you know, in my practice, I'm referring out a lot for CAR T cell therapy, um, in different lines of therapy. I mean, I think if you have a patient who undergoes stem cell transplant for myeloma and then progresses it, consideration of sending them for CAR T cells, um, you know, there's a lot of trials out there too for CAR T cells. So, uh, for example, in, at Moffitt in Tampa, they have some trials for uh, myeloma CAR T cells. Um, I think locally Mayo does, but I, I actually prefer to use Moffitt because they seem to have uh, a larger group that's dedicated to cellular therapies like 
this one, and um, I think they just have a more robust team to take care of patients. Where where would this? This is just my ignorance. Mm-hmm. Where would this fall in like, or would where would it have fallen previously in your line of therapy? Or would I this think not it, have really? Yeah, been I think line? this trial kind of shows, and I do not think that it's FDA approved yet for like after one line of therapy, right? Which is one of the groups that was included in this trial, but um, but certainly I think once there is approval, it would it would be my recommendation that if a patient did or did not have a stem cell transplant and progressed after their first line lenalidomide containing therapy that you would consider Go this that. Yeah, yeah yeah so more of like a second second yeah. or third line treatment seems like a pretty big deal relative right. to and i mean other the, the big deal about this too is you know compared to other treatments um, and i'm not downplaying the the workup and the time that you need for treatment with CAR T cells, but this is a one-time treatment. So you get treated and then you're on surveillance basically afterwards. Um, it is a big to-do. You have to collect your uh, T cells. That's done by an apheresis machine, kind of like a dialysis machine. Um, there's a waiting period of about four weeks before your T cells are ready to infuse. You do get a, you get chemotherapy before the T cells are infused. You're in the hospital up to two weeks, uh, and then afterwards you go home and, and um, you know, potentially you could be progression-free and off of treatment for two to three years, and that's off of any treatment. So I think that's the plus of this therapy. The minuses are, of course, there is some toxicity associated with it. There's this condition called um, cytokine release syndrome, which is when those T cells cause a big immune response and can make you sick, can give you fevers, can give you low blood pressure, can give you uh, neurologic changes, but they've really fine-tuned the way we treat that. So most patients aren't um, getting sick enough to go to the ICU with cytokine release syndrome. They have good protocols for that. But, um, you know, I think this is kind of where things are heading for not only for myeloma, but for lymphomas. Um and yeah, we're going to see a lot of patients being referred for it. Yeah, I think it's cool too. Like you said, it's a one-time thing versus, you know, some of the, I mean, you tell me, but a lot of the myeloma drugs from an outsider's perspective, they, some of them seem to be continued like in perpetuity. Yeah. You know, people are on it for years or forever, uh, which, you know, has its own. Just and logistically is obviously harder on a patient. To logistically be hard. A lot of the regimens you're coming in every week for some sort of treatment or lab checks um, you're oftentimes on steroid, uh, right. like dexamethasone or prednisone for an extended period of time, which we know causes diabetes, can cause bone loss, a variety of issues. So, um, this is potentially sparing those type of treatments, which is good. Um, there's a significant cost associated with this. So I think any kind of holdup by the FDA to approve it for earlier lines is going to be in my opinion a, a financial decision mm-hmm. uh, because we're talking about you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to have this done right um, but when you talk about myeloma treatment which the most expensive myeloma treatments now like the antibody drugs we give can be upwards of 15,000 a month and if they're on it for a couple of years it's going to be equivalent cost so right. it's you know I, I think we'll leave those decisions up to the people that make them not us 
but yeah, good, good data. I think um, we have to think about more about these immunotherapies, these cellular therapies, um, because that's kind of the wave of the future to limit toxicity. Well, and then I was, you know, sitting on the research committee, I learned about some things that I had no idea existed, like these bite therapies and mm -hmm. other things that are coming down the pipeline. It seems pretty crazy. Pretty yeah. awesome, in a good way. Yeah, and yeah. we even have uh, something open and more trials on the horizon with bispecific trials. So bite therapies where they have these antibodies which are specific to bind to, um, you know, it could be to myeloma, it could be to a lymphoma cell, and then at the same time they bind to the immune cells, the T cells, to activate them to fight the cancer. So really cool technology and Yeah, it seems like it's, I mean, I don't, you know, biomechanically it seems to make sense so hopefully mm -hmm. these these bear out because it seems like another yeah. new class of agents that could yeah. potentially be very effective the first one that was out there was for all blinitumumab which was given as an infusion it's actually patients had to be hooked up to a continuous infusion go home with like a pump and they had to be monitored closely and it's still being used i think for all but um but they've refined it to the point where now these type of therapies are given as injections. Which is and awesome. it's something that can be given in one of our clinics. So, right. Yeah. Very cool. So, all right. Moving on. Moving on. All right. We'll, we'll talk about... Should we keep going in this episode or where are we at? We'll do we... quick, quick Rick's rant. No, no. I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah. Can we stretch it to a third or no? No. <laughs> all right. A couple quick... We'll do three over time, though. We are. Yeah, a couple of quick comments. I, I have a couple of Journal Watch articles here. I like the Journal Watch. It gives the updates on all different kinds of trials that are reported, not only in New England Journal, but other journals around, um, which are pertinent for oncology. So this first one, and this is Rick's rants. So we got to hear what Rick thinks. So do chemoimmunotherapy clinical trial results apply to real-world patients with extensive stage small cell lung cancer? So do you think the trial data for and, and standard of care for people with uh, small cell lung cancer is giving them chemotherapy with an immunotherapy agent? And so this is an article that came out published in JAMA to say, is the real-world outcome of giving these regimens in people with small cell lung cancer the same as clinical trial? I mean, usually the answer for these questions is no, because the patients on clinical trials are usually, in general, better performance status, better means, better social support, more motivated. You're selecting kind of the best of the best. So you would mm -hmm. expect real-world outcomes typically to be worse than trial outcomes. I don't know if that's what this study found but that would be my guess right right so that was the exact point of the article is saying that those patients who met criteria for the trial in the real world setting did about the same as the trial those who did not meet criteria because they were weak or had other you know medical issues that made them ineligible did not do as well and so it kind of reinforces the point that if you if you're going to discuss clinical trial data with a patient, um, the trial data is only relevant if they met criteria for the trial. Right. <laughs> so reinforces common sense. Yeah. So we'll keep it simple. I like it. All right. And then the other cool thing I came across: um, encouraging results for personalized vaccine plus checkpoint inhibitor in pancreatic cancer. Interesting. Have you heard about this? Uh, 
very high level. So no, please educate me. I didn't read the article, Rick, but I read oh. the update. Okay, fair enough. Just, nice. just, just the update. Your, your um, honesty is why I love you. <laughs> um, so this was in, this was published in Nature. So this is a big deal. Nature. Nature is one of the biggest Nature. Uh, public science publications. There say, is what Nature Cell. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't get much. The highest bigger. impact factor. Yeah, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Impact factor. Um, so. This was a very small study, not controlled, where 16 patients with pancreatic cancer, and I believe that everyone had advanced pancreatic cancer. So pancreatic cancer that had metastasized or, or recurred um, after initial treatment. Uh, the patients were all uh, given the opportunity to create a personalized mRNA vaccine against their uh cancer. So what they did was they sequenced DNA and RNA from each tumor and determined each tumor's neoantigens, um, which is kind of what the, the protein expression of the tumor. And they created personalized mRNA vaccines that would cause each patient to make his or her tumor neoantigens in abundance. Wow, that's hard to say. Neoantigens. It's a good tongue twister for sure. Um, and then they not only gave the patients their personalized vaccine, uh, but they gave immunotherapy. And the reason to give immunotherapy was to try to enhance that immune response to the vaccine. So they said eight patients, um, they measured that T cells, cytotoxic T cells, which is what you would expect um, to be you know, produced um, by the vaccine and the immune response from the immunotherapy, um, eight of the patients, they had detectable cytotoxic T cells. Um, and in each of those patients, no evidence of residual cancer was found at 18 months. So early reporting of the trial, but very encouraging results. And then what they did find though, that in the patients who the vaccine was produced, who did not have a T cell response, so they weren't able to measure these cytotoxic T cells, none of those patients had responses. Hmm. So it looks like a way to determine whether, you know, the vaccine's gonna be effective or sure. not is Makes if sense. they actually see a, that T cell response. Cell. Yeah. But I think this is one of the early trials in probably a variety of cancers that we'll be seeing for personalized vaccines, you know, using that same technology that was done to make the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines to create vaccines against cancer. Yeah. And I, I don't think that the vaccines are going to be effective on their own. I think you're going to need immunotherapy or you're going to need, you know, back when they were giving IL-2 therapies a lot, you know, you would give um, something to prime the immune system a little bit. And uh, you're going to need some kind of priming before the vaccine. Yeah, I mean, I think... It, it, it's a good i'm glad people are doing this research you know and it makes sense to focus on you know extremely deadly tumors like metastatic pancreatic cancer or you know glioblastoma where there's been work done as well in the vaccine space so i think think there was something reported on glioblastomas too i think those are you know start start with that kind of you know deadly no real options tumors and work your way from there right but i think it's promising Again, biologically, logically, it makes sense. Like, it should work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad there are people doing this kind of research because it certainly could be 
a potential another avenue to fight cancer. Right. Yeah, I think the one takeaway too, though, is just like all these cellular therapies with the, you know, creating sort of immunotherapy treatment that you need time to create that treatment, right? It's going to, I didn't see how long it took them to make that vaccine for patients, but I imagine it's nothing more than... I would imagine what you do in the future, if this bears out, is you do it at the beginning, right? right? Mm -hmm. Before they get their initial treatment. Right. And then you have it ready to go if and when they fail or progress right yep cool stuff brenna good stuff guys thank you all for listening as always uh we kept it a little more educational this go around so hopefully that wasn't didn't put too many people to sleep i only fell asleep for five minutes so i mean there's like drool a little nerdy today but it was was good conversation yeah yeah so (laughs) it's fine but no uh hope you guys tune in next time we appreciate you listening see you next time guys (laughs) 